when our blood sugar, when we have a blood sugar of 120, which is considered pre-diabetic, 126 would be the diabetic range, fasting blood sugar of 120, that it actually reduces our, uh, what's called our phagocytic index or the ability of a white blood cell to destroy a virus, bacteria, pathogen. It reduces it by 75%. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutritionist, and I'm the host on this podcast. And I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself. And on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. Hey, friends, I know your life has been impacted by the coronavirus, COVID-19. All of us, all of our lives have been impacted. And I think one thing all of us can agree upon is that we have to take control of our immune system. We really need to work on improving our body's immune response. You see, we're always surrounded. We're breathing in thousands of pathogens with every single breath. That's bacteria, viruses, parasites, all these different microorganisms. And their job is to break down decaying matter. They recycle things on the planet. Our job while we're alive is to not be decaying matter. Our our job is to be full of life, full of vibrancy, to really promote the full expression of life. And to do that, we've got to really take good care of our immune system. So this podcast, I give you some key strategies and things you need to be aware of when it comes to really optimizing your immune response so you can be healthy and well, so you can not deal with the coronavirus, the flu, or really, you know, any other immune compromised type of issue. So hopefully you get a lot of value out of it. And if you do, please share it with people. People really need to know this information. We need to have hope. We need to um, be optimistic and positive about this. And uh, this podcast should really help do that for you. So share it with somebody that you know and that you care about and would love a review as well. Uh, Apple iTunes really, um, you know, they, they put a lot of emphasis on that. So leaving a review would be great as well and uh, enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, with everything that's going on with the coronavirus, I figured I would do this video on five lifestyle activities that cripple the immune system. And of course, you can always check out a video I did about a week ago on the coronavirus as well, specifically into that. But this video, I'm going to really show you the things that most people are doing every day that actually hurt their immune system and make them more susceptible to developing a cold, a fever, a flu, or even the coronavirus. And so as we look at this, uh, you know, obviously the coronavirus is, um, you know, being talked about a lot in the media. They're shutting down everything that's going on at at the moment. Um, You know, the coronavirus is not much different than, you know, your... Uh, fever, flu, cold, uh, MERS, SARS, everything else that we've had. Um, you know, the, the, the death rate is really high in the elderly. And unfortunately, you know, the elder, elderly 
people die of the flu every single year. Common colds kill the elderly. So the immunocompromised are the people that are at great risk. However, none of us want to be sick. None of us want to have flu-like symptoms and have to go through that sort of uncomfortable experience. And obviously, we also definitely want to protect our elderly. We want to protect our immunocompromised. So that's what I'm going to be going through in this presentation here. And so what we have to understand is that our immune system is a muscle. That means it has to be challenged to get stronger. We actually need exposure to viruses, bacteria, different pathogens, or our immune system loses its resilience. It, it atrophies. It gets weaker, just like our muscles. Our muscles need to be trained. They need uh, consistent exercise. We can't exercise for one month and then take a month off and expect to have the same level of fitness. Well, it's the same thing with our immune system. We need exposure, and that's important. And obviously, you know, right now with uh, COVID nineteen, there is a big push to isolate ourselves so things don't spread. And I can understand that, and, and the understandability is that there are people that are immunocompromised that could end up getting the infection. But the reality is this thing is going to spread. We can't, we can't isolate it forever. It is going to spread. Most people are going to get infected with, with COVID-19, the coronavirus, just like most of us get infected with the flu or a fever or something like that every single year. Now, the way we experience it is different. And part of that is because of how resilient our immune system is. When your immune system is very resilient, it's a short-lived experience. And, um, you know, sometimes the symptoms are mild to moderate. Sometimes they're a little bit more severe. And depending on, you know, where you were at, if you're a little bit more immunocompromised at the moment, if you're under more stress, things like that. But your body's going to get stronger and more resilient uh, by going through it. So that's the key. Now, here's what you want to make sure you're avoiding. These are things you want to make sure you're not doing because they will cripple your immune system. You want to stay off the sugar and carbs. And this is what most people throughout our world are doing. Is they're eating a lot of sugar, a lot of carbs, breads, starches, sugars. These things really damage the immune system. Most people are not sleeping well. They're staying up late watching movies or whatever it is. They're on their phones, electronics, and they're not getting good quality sleep. A lot of people actually sleep in front of the TV with the TV on. We want our room as dark as possible. I'm going to go through what we need to do to optimize our sleep. Most people are drinking tap water and not drinking well-filtered water or they're drinking water out of plastic bottles. Uh, and there's tons of toxins in there that damage the immune system. Most people are staying indoors, especially during the cold and flu season, during the winter months. We need to be getting outside, getting fresh air, sunshine. And most people are not hydrating well, again, especially during the cooler months. And so we know that when our blood sugar, when we have a blood sugar of 120, which is considered pre-diabetic, 126 would be the diabetic range, fasting blood sugar of 120, that it actually reduces our, uh, what's called our phagocytic index or the ability of a white blood cell to destroy a virus, bacteria, pathogen. It reduces it by 75%. So that means only 25% is effective. Now, if we were to test everybody's fasting blood sugar, you know, there, there's only a percentage that would be at 120 where they're pre-diabetic or diabetic. However, if you were to eat a sandwich, okay, that sandwich with bread 
is going to increase your blood sugar way up over 120. It'll probably be, you know, up, upwards of, you know, 200, maybe, maybe drop down to 150, 130. And it'll be there for two, sometimes three hours in that range. And so bread, sugars, starches, these types of things are going to drive up that blood sugar and put you in a state where you're immunocompromised for short periods of time. But if you're doing that consistently throughout the day, if you're eating every three to four hours and you're consuming carbs, you are creating a state of immunocompromise, right? You are actually putting your body into a state where you are much more likely to develop some sort of an infection. So you've got to get rid of the sugar and the starch. We need to make sure we're sleeping well. We know that when we sleep, that is when our brain detoxifies. So it's so important to drain the brain, right? And so getting the glymphatic system of the brain moving well, helping to balance the neurotransmitters, helping to clean out the trash. That's what happens when we sleep. We've got to maximize good sleep. Okay, we need to make sure we're hydrating our body well. So really drinking good quality water, hydrating well, so, so important. Um, you know, just making sure that we're clearing out toxins, moving our lymphatic system. Water is so important for good health. It's, it's a part of every single metabolic function in our body. And 75% of our, our society is chronically dehydrated. So chances are you are as well. But when we hydrate, we want to make sure we're hydrating with a really good water filtration system. I like things like hydrogen water uh, or a, a Berkey or a... Um, reverse osmosis, where we're getting rid of fluoride, chlorine, um, glyphosate, the other different pesticides, hormones, um, heavy metals that may be in there like lead and aluminum and, ar and uh, pesticides and arsenic and stuff like that. So we want to get rid of that stuff. So again, reverse osmosis, um, ECHO, the uh, Synergy Science hydrogen water system pulls that stuff out. And Berkey can also be good for this as well. But we've got to make sure that we're drinking good, clean water. We want to make sure we're eating some of the top immune-supportive foods, things like bone broth, lemons and limes, apple cider vinegar, garlic, onions, ginger, olive oil, uh, different types of mushrooms can be really helpful. And you can also get other herbs as well, things like turmeric, uh, um, basil, oregano, thyme. Uh, let's see, rosemary, fennel. These things are all great uh, to, to be consuming on a regular basis. Dandelion, radishes, um, artichoke. These are all great for the immune system, great for the digestive system and really support our body. So one easy principle that you could do is drink warm lemon water on a daily basis. Drinking warm lemon water is really good for helping support your immune system, helping support your digestive system, your immune system, uh, just so good for that. So definitely be doing that. We want to make sure that we're moving our body really well. So making sure we're moving. Now, there's a difference between moving and exercise. Exercise is something that uh, gets our heart rate up at a high level. So it would be resistance training or high intensity interval training. Movement is something very light and easy on the body. So just walking around Doing a light activity is so important for your immune system, but then also bouts of regular exercise also very, very important for, uh, for your immune function. And then we want to be in a state of gratitude. We want to really be focusing on 
uh, giving thanks, being grateful, um, loving other people, serving people. This is one of the best things we can do for our immune system. People who are grateful have much greater, uh, they have higher, higher amounts of uh, T helper cells, which help balance the immune system, and uh, they have a much more effective immune response. So demonstrating compassion and empathy and uh, being satisfied and always looking on the, on the bright side is very important for keeping your body healthy and strong. Now, tips for a great night's sleep. I like to keep my room really cool. I typically uh, turn the air conditioning on to 65 degrees and have an overhead fan on high. So sometimes the room will get down to you know, 63, 62 degrees sometimes. When I'm under my covers and I sleep great in a really cool room, keep your room as dark as possible. Make sure that you don't have any ambient light coming in. And also to add to that, adding a sleep mask is really helpful too. Um, do not consume caffeine within eight hours of sleeping. Caffeine is going to increase your stress response, which is okay if you're doing it, you know, maybe in the morning, but certainly not anytime before, uh, you know, after let's say one or 2 PM, that way it doesn't interfere with your sleep. Do your best not to eat uh, within three hours of sleeping. That allows your digestive system to go to work and process the food that came in before you actually fall asleep. And that way your body can focus not on digestion while you're sleeping, but on healing and repair. Make sure during the day you're, you're doing your best to get sun exposure. If it's the sun is out, try to get some level, 10 to 15 minutes of sun exposure. That helps set your circadian rhythm, helps you sleep more effectively. You want to exercise like we talked about, but not too late at night. You want to avoid bright light after sunset and you want to wind down after 9 p.m. So many people have goals after 9 p.m. I talk to a lot of people and they're like, yeah, I'm doing the laundry or I am making a list for you know, grocery shopping tomorrow. Not good idea. After 9 p.m., you want to wind down. You want to be doing very relaxing things, maybe a casual conversation with a spouse or loved one, maybe uh, reading a book, uh, dim your lights. So make sure you've got you know, all your lights dimmed, maybe you're taking a bath, like an Epsom salt bath or a mineral bath or something like that. Uh, maybe listening to some light worship music or classical music, something that's very, very calming on your body. Okay, that's really what you want to be doing. And that will help you wind down and be able to sleep more effectively. So I always think that, you know, the more sleep you can get before midnight, the better. Um, every hour of sleep you get before midnight is equivalent to three hours of the regenerative capacity of sleep after midnight. So I'm a huge fan of trying to be in bed by 10 p.m. I think that's, that's realistic for, for a lot of people, not, certainly not everybody based on their work schedules, but um, trying to be in bed by 10 p.m., you're going to get better quality sleep, sleeping from, let's say, 10 to 6, 6 a.m. than you would if you were to sleep um, you know, from midnight to eight p to eight a.m. Right, so from 10, 10 p.m. to six a.m. would be a better quality sleep than from midnight to eight a.m. So trying to get to bed, you know, before midnight is a very good idea. And then we want to do fasting. You guys know I'm a huge fan of intermittent fasting, and then also doing some extended fasting. And the reason why is that. Fasting allows our body to use energy more efficiently. It helps promote metabolic flexibility and energy efficiency. And when we're not using energy for trying to digest, we're going to use energy for healing and repair. And part of that process is this process of autophagy. And autophagy is where our body breaks down old, damaged 
uh, cellular organelles. We actually break in, we degrade them and rebuild new healthy organelles. And that is one way that our body naturally gets rid of viruses. We actually eat them, eat the cells in a sense that are viral infected, which is one reason why when you get the flu, many times, you know, you feel nausea, you feel nauseous or you're vomiting and you can't consume anything. For some people, they can't even consume water. They end up doing a dry fast. And so basically your body is doing deep work on autophagy when that happens. It says, okay, let's stop bringing anything in because we need to get rid of these viruses before they kill us. And so, you know, it just ramps up the autophagy. And so you can get some intentional autophagy on a regular basis by practicing intermittent fasting, where you do something like, um, you know, not consuming food for 16 hours, 16 to 18 hours, and consuming your food in a six to eight hour eating window, like 12 uh, p.m. maybe your first meal and your second meal maybe at like five or six. Okay, that would be an example of intermittent fasting. And that really drives down your blood sugar and your insulin levels, which allows your immune system to function significantly better and allows your body to go through this process of autophagy where you're breaking down these older uh, damaged cells and viral infected cells. And you can also do extended fasting too, where you might do like a three to five day fast or a partial fast, especially if you're not feeling good. A lot of people do bone broth fasts when they're not feeling well, where you're consuming less than 40% of your normal calorie load. So most people need about 2000 calories on average uh, a day. And so in a partial fast, you're consuming, you know, certainly under 50%, so under a thousand, maybe even under 800. So you could do like uh, a green juice fast or a bone broth fast or something along those lines, or like even a super stew fast and just not consume as much uh, nutrients and that will really help your body heal as well. And also if you're just, you know, concerned. So it's always good to have um, an awareness of when you may be immune susceptible. Let's say you didn't sleep well the night before. You've been under a lot of stress. The weather hasn't been good. These types of, you know, when, when, when we have a big weather change or if you're under extra stress with your work or your relationships or you just for whatever reason, didn't sleep well, maybe one of your children woke up in the middle of the night, whatever it was, that would that next day, you're going to be immune compromised. And you may even be immune compromised for the next few days. So these are times when it's good to dial down some of the calories to stimulate a little bit more of the autophagy so you can keep your body strong and healthy, get that blood sugar down, the insulin down, and allow your immune system to really clean up and uh, make sure you don't get ill. So Really using the power of fasting, I think, is so important. I'm also a big fan of essential oils. Uh, we diffuse them in our house, and there are many that you can use. You know, some of the most common are citrus, uh, which is great for the immune system, great for brain, um, peppermint, uh, lavender, different, different ones like that are all really good, great uh, immune support, and a lot of things that you can do with them, obviously diffuse them. You can apply them topically. You can inhale them as well. Um, and there are supplements that you can take that utilize essential oils that are encapsulated in an enteric coated capsule as well. Um, another thing, especially if you're noticing that you've, you're developing a lower respiratory infection like, uh, like bronchitis or pneumonia, 
is to make this garlic salve recipe. And this is good, I mean, really for any sort of immune issue, but, uh, but especially if you feel like it's getting into your chest. So you take the garlic, eight cloves, a third a cup of coconut oil, 10 drops of lavender oil. So that's the recipe, eight cloves of garlic, a third a cup of coconut oil, 10 drops of lavender oil. You rub it onto the, or you take all of that and then you blend it in a blender or food processor till it you know, basically makes a salve, so almost like a cream. And then you rub it onto the soles of your feet, okay? And that's going to get into your bloodstream. You can also put it, I mean, that's probably the most benign area. You can also put it in places, you know, like uh, for example, underneath your, your, in your armpits, for example. That's another spot that helps get into the bloodstream. Um, but you can rub it on the soles of your feet. You put socks on to help hold the salve in place. You also can rub it on your chest, kind of directly in the area where you're feeling the infection. And then you repeat that every two to three hours until your condition improves. Um, also taking vitamin C. Vitamin C is obviously one of the best things for the immune system. White blood cells really depend on it. They're so dependent on vitamin C, they need it for all their activity. And uh, we need to make sure we're supporting it. So I recommend as a prevention approach, taking one to two grams twice a day. If you're feeling, you know, on a regular basis, you could take 500 milligrams a day and do great. But if you're feeling like, okay, there's something going around like COVID-19 or the flu, people are getting it around me. I'm going to take a one to two grams twice a day. And if you're not feeling well, you can also take, you know, just really super high dose, three to five grams uh, three to five times a day until bowel tolerance, meaning that you're going to get a loose stool when you take too much vitamin C. Up until that point, your body's still loading it. So you can take it to bowel tolerance and then start backing down. And that can be really helpful for the immune system. Taking some sort of like a liposomal vitamin C or a um, vitamin C buffered with uh, with bioflavonoids is a really good approach. Those are, are two of the, the best forms of vitamin C. So those are ones that you'd wanna look for. Um, there's also mycelized vitamin C as well that can be really good. Now zinc, certainly uh, many people out there are deficient in zinc and zinc is so important for good immune health. So we wanna make sure we're supplementing the zinc as well if you wanna prevent a viral infection. Uh, zinc, taking an extra 20 to maybe 40 milligrams of zinc can be really helpful for reducing any sort of viral infection. And yeah, I like a zinc glycinate or bisglycinate, which is zinc with chelated to the amino acid glycine. And glycine is really good for liver detoxification and immune function. And it absorbs better in the system when zinc is chelated to an amino acid like glycine. So taking some extra zinc can be really, really helpful. Um, and I've seen that work for a lot of people when it comes to preventing and also um, reducing the severity of viral infections and getting over viral infections as well. So again, taking an extra 20 to 40 milligrams of zinc every day. And if you're symptomatic, bumping that up to maybe 100 milligrams can be really powerful. And then vitamin D. Most people are deficient in vitamin D. So I'm a big fan of taking at least 1,000 IUs of vitamin D per 25 pounds of body weight. So for somebody like myself, 160 pounds, you know, it's gonna be roughly five to 6,000 international units a day, okay? Now that's for prevention. 
right? But if I am sick, I might jump that up to 50 to 100,000 international units for two to three days to really just give my immune system, you know, a, a hand, right? To really help support it. Because vitamin D is just so important for T helper cell activity, um, just really helping TH1 and TH2 arms of the immune system to function better and more effectively. So hopefully you guys got a lot out of this video. Hopefully it's been really helpful. These are all things that we want to be doing to help prevent against COVID-19 from, you know, infecting us and our family and uh, really, you know, common cold, the flu, just about any sort of infection, all these strategies are going to apply. So hopefully I was helpful. Um, so anyways, guys, We'll see you soon. Everybody stay safe. Be blessed. I'll be back with a future video. And in the meantime, obviously, take action. Take back control of your health. And don't allow the media to scare you. Be blessed. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.